Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your featured host, Shaw McCain, a forensics counselor, psychic, writer, artist, modern-day Christian mystic, and UFO experiencer. Shaw introduced guests who are experts on all aspects of the paranormal and the sacred. The Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio as Staff Pick. And now for your host, Shaw McCain. Good evening, everybody. This is Shaw McCain, your host for this evening. And um, I'm really happy to say it's a beautiful night in Southern California. Finally, the heat is off. And I think we're even going to have a little tiny bit of rain this weekend. And uh, hopefully that'll kind of calm down the temperaments that's going on and the the heated hotheads that are everywhere. And just uh, just to have a beautiful evening, and tonight we have a very special guest. Um, I'm very happy to introduce L.A. Marzulli, author, lecturer, and filmmaker. L.A. Marzulli is an author, lecturer, and filmmaker, and he has penned eight books, including the Nephilim Trilogy, which made the CBA bestsellers list. He received an honorary doctorate for the series from his mentor, Dr. I.D.E. Thomas, who was the provost at the Pacific International University. His new series, On the Trail of the Nephilim, is a full-color oversized book which covers startling evidence that there has been a massive cover-up of what he believes are the remains of the Nephilim, the giants mentioned in the Bible. He is now working on uh, more books. He's got several, and he has films in the works. And then there's a series of promises, even more incredible, revealing photographs and interviews. And L.A. Marzulli is on the trail of Nephilim, and I see him now. So let's welcome L.A. Marzulli to the show. You're live, L.A. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate being here. Well, I'm very happy to have you on. I'm quite impressed by your body of work, and also um, you're, you just don't talk the talk. You walk the walk. I see you're out there uh, in the trenches uh, looking for uh, these very mysterious beings um, of which uh, it's, it's, to me it's mind-boggling. The I know that there's DNA evidence, and I know that they found skulls. Um, there's all kinds of stuff, and I did not realize that uh, that we knew a couple people in common. And uh, God rest his soul, Dr. Roger Lair. And um, sure. did you did you pers- did you personally know Roger? Yeah, I I met Roger in 1999. Um, I had come out with my first book, Nephilim. And there was a, another author who also had a book by that same title. He was a UFOologist, or actually a journalist from Israel, Barry Chalmers. Yes, And, and I right. drove down to, to the MUFON meeting. Uh, it was probably about an hour's drive from the house. I can't remember exactly where it was, but, um, I mean, I could go back and find that out. Anyway, I met Barry. I gave him my book. He was blown away that somebody else had the same title as his. And um, they int- the people who were there introduced me to Roger Lear. 
and it was my first meeting with Dr. Roger, and I said to him, uh, you know, I, I showed him my book, blah, 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 and we struck up a conversation, and, and I told him, I said, I've been following your work on the uh, alien implants, and I believe that they are real, and I just, you know, I mean, what was it like when you took it out? And he, and he goes, hey, would you like to see one? And I go, why, sure. He goes, hold out your hand. He reaches into his coat pocket. This is classic Roger. Absolutely classic Roger. He reaches into his coat pocket, pulls out a vial, shakes it in front of my face because the implant is in the little plastic. It's like a plastic pill bottle. You know, like you can can kind of see it, but not really. And he shakes it in front of my face and, and opens the top. And there it is. I'm holding in my hand technology, which was not made on this earth. And that, that was the beginning of a, a friendship which lasted many years. Uh, Dr. Roger appeared in all of our Watchers series until his very untimely death. And yes. I have my own take on that. And the last time I saw him is when we were in SEAL Lab together, about two months before his death. I know. I, I remember even up to that last day, uh, uh, we were we were actually he uh, I'd go to a, a group and he was always at our group and because uh, he's such a wonderful I don't know he's very personable you know he had he's so brilliant yet he was so kind and loving he was always very nice very to me down to and earth. very down to earth and we could talk about anything and uh, I I told him about my situation that I have something in the middle of my head. You know, there's something in, we just found it again because I asked for an MRI just recently. And now it's uh, 10 by 10 by 14 uh, mm. And uh, he said, leave it alone. Don't do anything, you know. And, uh, but he, uh, I think you have a feeling about this too, but um, he had a, uh, a little uh, a sore on his ankle. And he yeah. said something to me, and I was talking to him. I said, doctor, I think you should go to the doctor like right away. He said, no, I'm doing this with uh, herbal something. I don't know what the hell he said. But I felt very alarmed, and I had like a psychic uh, little impression of this, but it still shocked the hell out of me that he passed. You know, it was just so rapid. Yeah, I mean, he really, um, I honestly believe that they took him out. And that's that's my take on it. Um, they they took them out, and I gotta tell you, folks, if you're into this at all, and you don't know, you don't know your authority as a believer in Yeshua, and and you don't understand what you're really looking at, they can take you down. And we've we've yes. heard about this. We've seen it over and over and over again. They come to rob, kill, and destroy. That's their mission. And to take your faith away and to make you unhappy. Uh, uh, and, yep. Yep. you know, that's why uh, you're, with our belief system, um, you have to be, nobody's rock solid, but uh, you have to have a certain faith to keep to your principles no matter what. But, the reason I used to fear in the eighties, that's what, how I ended up meeting Dr. Lear is in the eighties, I had a, a bunch of trauma connected with UFOs and all that. And I guess I was in the M M labs or whatever, but uh, I don't know what to call it. But anyway, uh, and 
I had a lot of fear connected with this, and I got a hold of uh, John Mack, Dr. Mack. And sure. he believes what I was going through, so I, he hooked me up with his group. That's how I, I met Dr. Lair eventually. And uh, okay. anyway, so my fear, like it used to be, that that's gone. But the but you only had what they can only take you out once. You know what I mean? Yep. It's yep. not like they can keep killing you over and over again. So if something does happen, they can only do it to you once. So I had to I had to think like that to finally just get through it. So. Because I'm not going to shut up, so I've been still doing this. This is my 456th show, and I've, I've left the open format for anybody to talk about anything they want to talk about, you know, but we're just going to keep doing it, you know. And you ha- have been so interesting because I've been looking at your stuff. Um, for me personally, what I have to do with the tall, long-headed people, uh, do you, what do you call them, the, the tall uh, – Paul White. Paul White. Yes. Those people. So many years ago, could be even 20, I had a dream about these people. And there, there were, I, I realized then that we, there, we had been on this planet long before people even realized that there was beings that were alive that had very tall heads. And they had hair on top of those heads because I saw them in my dream walking around. So you know how our hair swings back? Their hair swings back, but they have these very tall heads. So it's very odd to look at, right? But back then, they were part of the people that really were alive. So everybody gets, kind of accepted each other. Let's put it that way. Do you know what I'm saying? You know? No, I, I think I, there's I truth what, in what you're writing about is what I'm saying. Well, I thank you. I mean, look, um, there are two paradigms that people can embrace and decide which one they're going to go with. One is that these entities are, in fact, extraterrestrial in nature. They come from some other planet, and, uh, you know, they're here for we don't know what purpose, okay? The other uh, paradigm, the one I espouse and hold on to and create all sorts of films, is these are not uh, extraterrestrials. They are, in fact, interdimensional entities, and they don't like us. But they are obsessed, and this is the words of Graham Hancock in his book Supernatural, uh, after doing over 40 ayahuasca sessions, and he goes up and he sees the graves. And, and, and in the book, when you read this account, he's up there and he's going, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I'm, I'm on ayahuasca, and I'm looking at the graves. What the heck are they doing here? And he tries to wrestle with this. What he doesn't understand is that shamans – for thousands of years, go to the same exact place. They go to a place what I call the second heaven. It's an interdimensional place. It's not an extraterrestrial one. It's interdimensional. And there are these there which are not friendly towards humans. And that's what the greys are doing there. And at the end of his book, Graham Hancock basically says, whoever and whatever these entities are, talking about the greys, they are obsessed with creating a hybrid being with us. That's what they want to do. And this goes back to the biblical narrative, Genesis 6, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards when, and I'm going I'm to take some liberty here and insert something in the text. When the fallen angels took wives, human wives, and had children by them and created a hybrid being known as the Nephilim. And that's what we're looking at. This has been going on for thousands of years. It continues into modernity. 
they are obsessed with creating a hybrid. And I've, I've interviewed people. I've never met one. I don't want to meet one. But I've interviewed people that have met one. And um, I'll just give you one example. Uh, Pastor Mike is out there doing a little walk on a, on a Saturday morning. And in the distance, he sees a very muscular, tall woman, uh, platinum blonde hair, and it's pulled back in a ponytail. She's very muscular. She's very tall, 6'3", 6'4". So his first thought is, well, you know, basketball player, volleyball player, but he's unsettled and he's not sure why. And as this woman approaches him, when she's about 20 feet away, their eyes meet, and she has blue eyes. But as she gets closer, all of a sudden the eyes shape, shift, and go totally black. And at that point, as she runs by him, she bares her teeth and growls at him. Oh, my God. Now, what are we supposed to do with that? That's not Winnie the Pooh. That's not a friendly little entity. That's a hybrid being in a fixed state that hates human beings, that hates us. Why? Okay. It's you know it's a it's a stunning thing to stay and uh, so you're saying that they're hybrids. Uh, they don't like us, but who knows all this and who's subverting this uh, information? Why don't we know this? What's well, the cover-up is what I'm trying cloaked. to say. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's absolutely cloaked. I mean, I watched Tucker Carlson, like, within five minutes before the show. In fact, I was listening to your opening, you know, monologue as I was turning mm-hmm. off the television with Tucker Carlson. Tucker just had another UFO uh, deal. He had Jacques Vallée on. He had, he had uh, the makers of this, this new film phenomenon, which I will be renting soon and watching. Yeah, me too. Seventy year old cover up, which is exactly which is exactly the title of my book, UFO Disclosure, the Seventy Year Old Cover Up. So it's amazing how look, I have no idea where they took that and ran with it. I'm I'm sure they know who I am, but they don't want to hear from me because I have a different viewpoint of what they're saying. Anyway, so Tucker had on his show, um what's his name? Uh the guy, the guy from uh, Two Stars Academy, um, and and he was on there talking about the metal that they that they've tested, and the isotopes show that the metal is not made on the Earth. Now they've been going through this and talking about it, and and reinforcing the fact that the phenomenon is real. There's no doubt about that, and so it it, it we just wait for at some point they are going to show us film probably from Roswell, maybe another crash site, doesn't matter. They will actually have film. They'll show the retrieval. They'll show the crash site. They'll show the bodies being carried out. They're going to show us that or something else. So what bothers me is the fact that, you know, this this new movie is using the exact same title I used for my book, you know, UFO Disclosure, but mm-hmm. they have a different take. These people believe that these are extraterrestrials. Now, I know Jacques Vallée in the beginning, uh, maybe he's changed his tune. I don't know. But uh, Jacques Vallée believed that they were interdimensional, not extraterrestrial. 
I've written him several times. I've never gotten a response. That doesn't surprise me. He's a very busy man. Probably thousands of people a day try to contact him. But I, I tried on numerous occasions, you know, to contact him and get him on the record, whatever, and never received an answer. That's fine. People are busy. Maybe he doesn't wish to speak to me. I get that. But in his book, Messengers of Deception, he's, and this is what I based my, some of my research on, and I, I refer to uh, Jacques Vallée, that Vallée says that these entities are, in fact, messengers of deception. They lie, and they lie habitually. And let me ask you this. In the biblical narrative, who is the father of lies? Who is yeah. the father of lies? Well, Satan. Need I say more? Yes. Exactly. And, you know, see, the problem is when you say Satan, it immediately conjures up this whole laughable dialogue. But when you say something like the prince of the power of the air, one of your yes. titles, that changes, that changes the narrative. It changes the perception. All of a sudden, your listeners will go, hmm, and they'll pick up their ears. Because most of them, more than likely, have never heard that term before. Prince of the power of the air. Of the air. That's from Ephesians 2 in the Bible. That's another <sighs> okay. name for the fallen cherub. That's who he is. That's his title. That's his description. And when we look at the entire UFO phenomenon, you know, look, I, let me just tell you one story. I had a guy that he's a Christian guy. He called me up and told me the story. His wife bought 20 or 30 or 40 acres, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But it's an acreage north of Sedona in Arizona. So they were out there and they were, and they were kind of praying over their land. And, you know, their spirit guide, and I, I say that tongue in cheek, but their spirit guide, the spirit of the living God, uh, told them to pray above and below. Pray for the earth, but also pray above the earth. And they didn't understand what that meant. Why are we praying for things above? They didn't understand what that meant. But they were obedient. They went fence close to fence close and prayed around the 30 acres. Now fast forward a period of time, six months, a year after that. The gentleman, the man who's owner of the property, is out there on the far end of his property looking at his boundary, you know, 30 acres away. And he sees a light coming towards him. And the light grows brighter. And at first he thinks it's a plane, like most of us would. But then he realizes, oh, this is not a plane. And at that point, it comes closer. And he realizes he's looking at some sort of strange phenomenon. It's definitely not a plane. It's not a helicopter. This, this light comes right up to the property, the UFO, right up to the property and stops at the boundary line. It goes to the left, to the right, up and down. It cannot get through. At this point, the light bulb goes off. This is why his spirit God, the spirit of living God, told him to pray for things above. And the moment he realizes that, he begins to pray out loud and rebukes it. In other words, says this thing, I don't want you. Get out of here. I know what you are. Leave in the name of Yeshua. That's what he says. Get this. This light, which was a UFO, morphs into a flying dragon and flies away. My God. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. One morning, 
I I just sat up on the side of the bed because I heard my vo- my name being called. And this, the voice said, Charlene, use my whole name, Charlene, we're fighting, not things you can see. It said the, the phrase, we're fighting principalities of the air. It said the whole <laughs> thing. I don't know it. I do not know it by, by heart. But, of course, I recognize it with a uh, sounding of a bell in my heart. When I heard the whole phrase, what you're fighting is not what you can see. It's the principalities of the air. And then, of course, I understand deeply what you're saying. You know, it's very profound to actually hear it coming from you when it was such a a profound experience for me. As I don't often get to talk about that, you know, but it's... uh, because that's what we're fighting. Something, something we can't see, but it it needs a, it does need a lift, you know. It needs a little hitchhiking ability. If you're not familiar with the passage Ephesians six, have you ever read that? Uh, do you know it? There, do you have your? I I have a Bible study I do every Sunday, but do you have it there? It it, it basically go to Ephesians six, and and just read that. That's what we're talking about. Powers, you want to read it? Um, hold on. Let me, let me, uh, I can do that. Just, just give me a second. Yeah, get it. Because I think we should just read yeah. it because it's so important because I I heard it and it was the whole thing was just said to me, the whole a verse. And it was so important. Um, it was just like some, some something was reminding me, something, you know, a loving, a kindness was reminding me about what we're dealing with here. So this is from Ephesians 6, written about 2,000 years ago. This is from Paul. And, and when we talk about, you know, these, these names like Ephesians, Ephesus is a city. Okay, that's all it is. This is an address. When I say Ephesians 6, you know, people go, oh, he's Bible something. No, I'm, I'm, I'm referring you to if you want to read it, this is an address. You can go read it for yourself. It's Ephesians exactly. chapter 6. Ephesus is the place where Paul is writing this letter 2,000 years ago. This is what he says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I mean, mean, there it is. It's It's like screaming at you. Yes. It's just so important that uh, we protect ourselves. For me, uh, I'm, I'm fairly, even though uh, uh, you would consider me probably a Christian mystic, meaning I've had a spiritual experience and uh, a direct um, contact with my higher power. And I do keep a home altar. I do keep a candle burning almost at all times because there's a reason. There's a, there's a reason we're shut down. That we have it, we're in the middle of a plague. You know, this is uh, this is like uh, end time stuff. It's crazy, you know. And no, uh, it, is. it is. So I was reading some of so, your stuff that had referred to. I want to read this again in a different Please. translation. That was the NIV, and 
the, the NIV is good, but when, when I'm studying, I read as many different translations as I possibly can. This is from a New King James, and I think it's closer to what it stands, what, it, what it actually is there. And this will get into the same verbiage that I use and you use, okay? Yeah. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the dragon, of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Here we go. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, you know, those of you who are listening, you can believe that. You can call us all crazy. Or you can say that millions of people in the last 2,000 years have read that and understood exactly what Paul is talking about. But here's the flip side of the coin. More millions and millions and millions of people have read that and have no clue as what Paul wow. is talking about. But that is real. That is reality. It's real. That is what we're up against. Yes. Thanks for, thank you, thank you for saying that because uh, you don't realize the big confirmation it is for me to have you come right out and say that because I heard it out loud and it woke me up. Now these are things that happen for our help. We we get we get help all the time. I, I'm very aware of that lower power that's always seeking and looking to devour and always going around. They say like a ravening wolf. And then you have protectors and the loving minister of uh, angels and Jesus and everything. And that's the help I get is very direct. You know, I, I really appreciated hearing that again. And it reinforces me, you know, to stay, stand fast, stand fast, stand, you know, really. You have to stand in what you know that is right, and there's a there's a very harsh struggle going on continually between uh, the lower power and the higher power. It's bad, you know. It's it's a hectic. Uh, what can we say? There's a there's a huge mishmash of information that you have to just discern it. You have to be able to look at it and take understand right from wrong. And what you said was profound. As many millions that read it don't know what the heck it means, or they don't feel it in their heart, or you know they're just ignoring it like it's nothing. Yeah, it's um, look. We live in a supernatural world, and people, many people, have no idea of what this is or where we are. They don't understand that this world is being literally controlled, literally controlled by the prince of the power of the air. That who is, that, the principalities, that is who rules this. And they use people uh, to make things happen. And they give these people power and prestige and money and position. That's the trade-off. But when these people sign up, they give these entities their soul. I'm not making this up. You know, you want to talk about dark cabals and all this other stuff. This is reality. This, is a, this isn't conspiracy theory. This is reality. There are, there are people on this planet that are totally sold out to the dark side. Wow. 
Well, I agree. I have friends that hesitate to talk about this, but a lot of it, um, they, some go as far to say, you know, people that uh, are extremely wealthy, extremely uh, popular, all that, that sold out to a lower power, that they all are like that. That's the only way they get it. Some people have told me that. What's your take on this? Yeah, the only way, uh, the only way a shaman gets their power, at least in many circles, is to kill a family member. That's what they have to do. They kill oh a family God. member. Yeah, and then they get their oh, sacrifice. Yeah, that was told to me by a shaman uh, in the Navajo Indian Reservation, who is now a pastor. He never he never became a full fledged shaman because when he got up to the final line. Where in order to get the power, you've got to kill a family member. He couldn't do it. And that's when he fled the reservation. And he became a pastor, and his name is uh, uh, Jimmy Etzetti. And, uh, you know, we interviewed Mr. Etzetti, and it was just an incredible afternoon with him to hear his journey and, and what happened. But he gave me a, a real insight into what shamanism is really about. Yeah, you get the power. There's no doubt about it. There's power there, but it comes with a price, and that price is your soul and the soul of a loved one. Okay, so I was very upset about the death of Chris Cornell. I'm always upset over the early deaths of people, but for some reason, um, that one is recent, and it it really hurt. Um, His voice was absolutely beautiful, and but somebody said. Don't didn't I think it was strange how first he was with Soundgarden and he had kind of a thready high voice, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. And then all of a sudden he was singing incredibly well. I mean incredibly. And then the, then there was a sacrifice to be made. So Chris was it and then uh they're saying he killed himself. But he had just talked to his wife. And uh, do you know who Chris Cornell is and what happened? Did you hear anything about this? No, I, I'm, not familiar, I'm not familiar with the story. Well, that, the people that I talked to said, well, he was a sacrifice. And I was thinking, oh, my God, like they're saying like a price must be paid. Wow. Well, what is this? What is the? Is this part of the the hidden history that you're talking about? The things that uh, that the history that we have been taught and learned that there's a big cover up and and there's subversion going on. What, what is this purpose? Is it all about control? Well, it is. I mean, look, we are the biblical prophetic narrative basically talks about the end times, the time of the end. Um, And there's a figure who will rise to power. And we saw some of this, believe it or not, with the COVID-19 lockdown. We saw the entire globe change in 24 hours. Yes. This is absolutely unbelievable. In 24 hours, the entire globe changed. Can you imagine if a UFO shows up and just sits there? We are, look, folks. We are headed towards something. I've written numerous books, produced, you know, numerous videos on all this stuff. I mean, you can go to our website and, and check it out, lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net. Uh, 
We are in perilous, tumultuous, unprecedented times. Well, you, you definitely, well, this, okay, so March, this is what happened. I, I was talking to a friend, uh, and we were on the phone. I had a sudden urge to top off the gas tank. I didn't need gas in my car, but I had decided I had to go. So in the conversation, I'm on my cell phone. I get in my car, I drive down the street, and I'm at the gas station, and we're talking about that we all, we were holding our breath, like, and we're talking about it. And uh, we were holding our breath, waiting for the shoe to drop. This is March. And uh, I think it was March 3rd. And I was at the gas station. He said, what do you think is going to happen? And I remember looking at the guy at the cash register, all his electronics shut off. The whole place shut down. And I said to my friend, I think it's happening right now. He said, what do you mean? I said, I think we're shutting down. I think everything's shutting down right now. And I looked at the guy at the gas station, and he was, he was a young guy, and he got extremely nervous because, you know, electronics run gas stations. If your electricity is off, you don't get any gas. You, you don't run nothing. And so I remember watching right. the sweat roll down his arms. So he got that nervous, and I had to talk to him. I said, young man, I said, calm down. So your electricity will come back on because the way he was acting, he's, I think he had like a block going on because he's going to just keep it. So I said, stop being scared, calm down. It's going to start up in a minute. And then it came back on. So I got my gas and he said, it's going to happen. I said, yes, it's going to happen just like that. And so it shut down then. That's when it started. But we had no concept of a worldwide shutdown. It was right, not in my, right. I knew we were, I knew we were shutting down. On March 3rd, so I was prepared. I ran. I immediately went to a friend's house and did her hair because she can't. She lost her sight and she can't come out. So I go do her hair, and I said I have to do it now because I'm not going to be able to come back again. I remember that was a Thursday, and that was it. Shut down. You know, so that's that's what it happened. I felt it coming, but I do feel like another thing's coming. I don't know what it is, you know, but. Um, me and my friends have been talking about it, so we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. So, okay, a big a bomb fell, and now there's another, but it, it's like an unusual event that is going to turn all of our heads. So that's, so what do you, what's your impression of that? Well, basically, you know, Tucker Carlson, and this is what I, why I wrote the book UFO Disclosure, the 70-year-old cover-up. You know, Tucker Carlson in 2017 had Commander David Fravor on his show. Uh, Commander Fravor is an F-18 pilot, former F-18 pilot, who had an encounter with a tic-tac-shaped UFO. He recorded it. It's on film. And this man appears on Tucker Carlson on December of 2017, and he tells us when Tucker Carlson asks him, asks Commander David Fravor, well, in your opinion, where, what was this craft that you engaged? Commander David Fravor looks right at the camera and says, wherever this was, was not from this world. That's the first rung of the disclosure ladder. And it also makes us wonder, how does someone like Commander David Fravor wind up on Tucker Carlson's show to begin with? He doesn't have a DVD. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a book to sell. He's a total unknown. Oh, and by the way, he's got classified footage of the tic-tac-shaped UFO. This was orchestrated. It was deliberate. 
It was planned. Someone in the deep state, that's where it came from, not from Donald Trump, from the deep state, from the deep state called Tucker's producers and said, we want this guy on next Friday. Sure enough, he was on. Since then, including tonight, including tonight, right before I came on, there was yet, and it usually happens on Friday at Tucker Carlson's show. Tucker always seems to break the information for whatever reason, and I think I know the reason is because Fox News is mostly watched by conservative Christian people. So they figure, well, let's throw this stuff out there. Let's see what the conservative Christian community does. Nothing, nothing at all. There's, there's no, there's not even a blip on the radar. They could care less. And so this has been unraveling now since 2017. So the first wrong is Commander David Faber acknowledging that this crap was not from this world. The second wrong is, is Luis Elizondo coming on stating emphatically that the U.S. government has in their possession wreckage from down UFOs. The third rung on the disclosure ladder, when someone comes out and basically states that, yes, we now tested the metal and there are isotopes in this metal that are not found on this earth. The fourth rung of the disclosure ladder is when the Pentagon admits that unidentified aerial phenomenon is real. So they change the verbiage from unidentified, you know, unidentified flying objects, UFOs, and call it UAPs. Somehow that makes it all okay. That's the fourth rung. The fifth rung is, once again, the government comes out and says, we have in our possession, I'll say it again, we have in our possession off-world vehicles. Not hubcaps, not metal, not wreckage. We have in our possession off-world vehicles. So 5.2 is when Luis Elizondo came on and basically stated that, um, and this was, again, Back, back into Commander David Fravor, where Fravor states, I'm, I'm sorry, it's not always on the Commander David Fravor, please forgive me. Fravor says that when he was come closing in on the tic-tac-shaped UFO, which shot out away from him like a bullet out of a gun and was gone with no rotor wash, no, it was, certainly wasn't anything that we had over Chicoms or anybody else had. This was an off-world vehicle. And Commander David Fravor stated on the record, Processing, it jammed his radar. That's an act of war. Now, he didn't yeah. say that three years ago. He brought that out now. That's 5.2. Okay, so 5.3, which we just had tonight, was, again, this, this movie phenomenon, which I will be watching very shortly, uh, talking about and showing this 70-year-old cover-up. They actually used the title of my book, UFOs Disclosure, the 70-year cover-up. I mean, they use the same title, I believe, which is unbelievable. Anyway, so they've got everybody on, and they're, they're talking about the veracity of the phenomenon. And it is. This is a game changer. When they show up, everything changes. The entire planet changes. It'll be like the COVID-19 thing, except we'll be talking about UFOs, not a pandemic. Yes. Yes, I can see that because, of course, you know, uh, I know Stephen Bassett and do you know Robert Salas? Sure. Captain, Rob, Captain Robert Salas? Yeah, yeah, well, so I, he, I interviewed yeah, Robert. So, I interviewed him. Well, yes, he's a personal friend of mine, him and his wife. So we're friends and we see for lunch. We actually met in Roswell and 
it's just a strange coincidence. Not only did we meet in Roswell, we found out we were neighbors and we were both living in Manhattan and Hermosa Beach and that we had similar experiences. And it's just very, very strange, okay, that uh, the synchronicity of what we're talking about is profound. You know, I, I really don't know how to tell you um, how this makes me feel, but um, they're beautiful people. Robert Salas is the salt of the earth. Have you, ever, have you met him in person? Yeah, I, like I said, I interviewed him for one of our Watchers films. And, oh, and yes, okay. Robert Salas, he was, he was, we were the first film crew, Watchers, that he told his story to because we told him that before we went with it in post-production, we would show him the footage and we would gain his approval on it. No other production yes. company would do that. We did. And that's why we broke the story, even though later Wonderful. on in Ancient Aliens, two or three years later, he was on that show and told the same story that he had told us. But we broke the yeah. story. You broke my, the story, my yeah. Good, my good friend, Richard Shaw, who passed away a year and a half ago, a very untimely death, and, and myself, we broke that story. That was our story. And when he told us that story, he was very emotional. He wept. You know, he, he, he wept. Not, not only that, with, with the... You know, the fact that the UFO shut down the base. But he was weeping because he told us his abduction story. Yeah. And that's, that's when he uh, got very emotional. Very that's emotional. Because it's a, it's a shocker. It's a shocking thing that uh, the synchronicity, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say, but, um, well, anyway, I was in Roswell. And I was with a friend of mine because she has a book, and that's where I was with her. And you know, I had the tables, and the everybody's out selling the books and stuff. But I was selling her books, and she was doing regression. She's Yvonne Smith. She does past life regressions with UFO experiences and stuff like that. So uh, Robert Salas was sitting at the table next to me, but I didn't know who he was. But he was so kind, and he looked at me. He said, "Do you know who I am?" I went, "No. Who are you?" And he said it real friendly, and he said, well, do you remember, you know, the, the missile, the, uh, the, you know, the missile range thing in the 75, whatever he said. I said, not only do I remember that, being on the news, that's the first time that I thought there may be UFOs. It might be real. <laughs> he said, well, I'm the captain. I went, you're the captain? Anyway, then we found out we were neighbors later. Can you imagine the small world of that? But then we found out that we are so compatible, me and him and his wife, that we, lo- we, we crave to see each other. You know, we have to see each other and talk. It's like we're, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, it's a have small world. Huh? We, have, well, um, I, I know Yvonne Smith. I actually interviewed her for, for our Watcher series once again. Well, I, so, you know, I we, can't believe yeah, that. We, we, no, we we made the rounds. I mean, we were look. I'm I'm I've been investigating this since I was 16 years old. Um, you know, I mean, this is like a lifelong deal with me. I've written numerous books on the entire UFO phenomenon. I, mean, I have I have 13 books uh, to my to my credit, and uh, I 20 different films. So you know, we're I'm in this thing. And let me yeah. ask you something. And I realize I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I mean. It, have you been abducted? Yes. Have you been taken? Okay. Yes. So is it ongoing? Is it still happening or no? Yes. 
we can do this off the air if you want, but I can get you out of it if you want to get out of it. And it's not me who will get you out of it. It's the power that these entities have to bend their knee to. They have to. And that's, and that's, I've done this. You're not the, you're not my first rodeo, but that's how it works. There's a power right. much greater than they But what are. do you, what do you, but what do you think? Um, so it'll be kind of a protective thing is what you're saying? Say that one more time. Will it be kind of a protective thing to keep it away? If you break their power by a power that's greater than theirs, you call yes, upon their that. creator. Yeah, you call upon their creator. The fact that I, I don't know if I can handle that. But you yeah, know you what? They showed me something. They had. They, this is what they did. They showed me something one time. First of all, they showed me all this fire that actually this place would be on fire and like like it is, you know. And then they showed me this this has like happened through the years. And they showed me what their higher power kind of looked like, the symbol of their higher power. And in the in this this experience I said I, I don't think I'm ready for that. I can't look at what their higher power is. But you're the first person has said that they have a higher power. It's the first time anybody has said that out loud to me. Well, there there is a higher power that will break their power because I know you're that being but taken, you're being taken but, against your will. Yes, and that's not cool. No, it isn't. I so thought they would be done with me. Break. You know, when I was, I thought they would be done with me when I was like fifty six. I said, okay, that's it. But it's not the way it is. it turned out to be. Okay, we'll talk off the air about this. Okay. This is uh, this is intense. I had no idea we were going here, but that's where it went. <laughs> so if you have, <laughs> so listeners, <laughs> uh, this is uh, you know there's a power greater than us, you know that helps us even talk about this stuff, you know because uh, you know this is uh, things that you talk about and there's always like the the feeling of a hammer coming to get you or whatever. Because some of these powers don't want you talking about it. But that's why I'm not talking about it. Exactly. exactly. You know, that's why I, exactly. I keep talking anyway, no matter what the, the threat is. Because, you know, whatever. We have to be a good example, too. We just can't be hiding. We can't just shut up. You know, I guess some people are actually busy doing that. Being quiet, not talking about it, not dealing with it. But, you know, we have to cope with it. But uh, I know why he was... Just so emotional because when we talk, uh, you know, I don't know. I hesitate to say because I have other things, I, things that I've experienced. But there's reasons for all of this. What do you think this purpose is? What's what's well, going on? Tell tell us about that. Well, they're trying to create a hybrid being that, um, yes. that can pass as human. And frankly, they've already done it. And they are integrating uh, into our society. We've had reports, not a lot of them. In fact, basically the reports have really fallen off. I haven't a report. I have not had a report of a hybrid sighting in well over a year. So something's going on here with that. But they're definitely 
creating hybrid entities. And people have seen them, have encountered them, and they're not human. Like I told the story about the yeah. uh, the blonde jogger. That was a hybrid entity. There's no doubt about, about that. So something is going on. The prince of the power of the air. We're fighting against principalities, against powers of darkness. And that's what's going on on this planet. And the good news is there's one who is coming, and I think fairly soon, who will completely eradicate this entire system. Yes. I'm not talking about the UFO phenomena. I'm not talking about no. UFOs landing. No. There's one who's going to come who's going to completely change the entire planet as we know it. And I think we're close. I think we're close. I think it, it could happen in our lifetime. I know certain events have to take place. Um, uh, it sure is getting closer. You know, um, I have I have been alive long enough for the world that was coming to end several times. You know what I mean? It was going to sure. end in two. It was go, it was going to end in two thousand. Then it was going to end in twenty twelve. Uh, but. You know, nobody knows the time, but we're just supposed to stay prepared anyway. You know, there's a there's a whole, uh, I don't know. What do you what do you suggest for our listeners? What should they should be doing besides panicking and uh, buying too much stuff? Well, I mean, your listeners need to understand that many much of what we're looking at was prophesied thousands of years ago. I mean. Nothing that happens takes me by surprise. I mean, uh, granted, COVID-19 took me by surprise. But there's a prophetic thread which tells me that in the last days, pestilence. You know, wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilence. These are the earthquakes in diverse places. These are the calling card of the last days. Well, guess what? This is pestilence like we've never seen in the history of the world. You know, is it a scandemic? Yeah. Is the virus real? Yeah. But did the did, did dark foreboding powers use it to manipulate the people? Absolutely, all day long. Yeah. We know this. We know it from who? A World Health Organization. We know that the, the numbers were fuzzy. We know from the CDC that it's not 200,000 people that died from COVID. It's, it's less than 10,000. Now, when you have, you know, um, pre-existing conditions like type 2 diabetes, heart disease, lung disease, COPD, whatever, then it can become lethal. That's why we're 200,000 people. I get that. But actual people dying from COVID, less than 10,000. But what it does, this speaks back to the biblical prophetic narrative, which tells us, and I'm quoting, and these are the words of Jesus, not mine, all right, that in the latter days, in the end times, okay, turbulent times will come. And what you will see, men will think for fear of what's coming upon the earth, and you will see wars and rumors of wars, famine, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places, and troublesome times. Just think about the passage where he talks about earthquakes in diverse places. Well, mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago, if you lived in Galilee, how the heck would you know about a 9.1 earthquake off Fukushima? Japan, you wouldn't know about it unless right. a ship came in you know, and, and anchored off, um, uh, you know, wherever, tell what's now Tel Aviv, whatever. And, and in some Japanese sailor who could speak Hebrew 
said, or Greek, said, yeah, massive earthquake. You would know that. Now we watch all of it in real time. In real time. It's absolutely unbelievable. Then there's it another is. prophetic scripture from the book of Daniel. Men will run to and fro over the face of the earth, and knowledge will increase. What does that sound like? You know, if I said that to you 200 years ago, you would say, well, no, we're not there yet. We're not running to and fro over the face of the earth. Knowledge certainly isn't increasing that much. I mean, it sort of is a little bit, but not really. Enter the modern age where knowledge increases exponentially every yeah. six months. Well, it's at, well, it's at our fingers. It's at our it's at our fingertips. You know, we can exactly. just and, and the you know era where um, men and women run to and fro over the face of the earth. Airplane travel over the face of the earth. We never saw that before. Then you right. got to me, which is which is one of the main the main deals. Nineteen forty eight, Israel becomes a nation, unheard of, and this on the ashes of the Holocaust where six million or more Jews were burnt as a Luciferic offering to the would-be god, the dragon. So Jews from all over the earth flee back to Palestine. And remember, the Balfour Declaration gave that land to the Jewish people in 1917. That's when the Balfour Declaration was declared. So after World War II, uh, you know, 1945, 1946, there's all these Jews fleeing into Palestine, Israel. And in 1948, Israel becomes a state and immediately is attacked by her Arab neighbors. And then she repels the attack. And some of those stories that I've heard from that, that two or three week period where Israel was fighting for her life, uh, her very existence, was unbelievable. The bottom line is all these prophecies I just mentioned are in the biblical prophetic narrative. They are written thousands of years ago. They are not fuzzy quatrains like Nostradamus. They are not the, mm. the rantings of some, you know, psychedelic, drug-infested so-called prophet. They are written down with great specificity, and they're there over 2,000 years old in some cases. And now yes. what we're seeing is that these prophecies are manifesting Right now in our day, we are in the last days, absolutely in the last days. There's no doubt about it. I, I am totally there with you. Uh, I do a Bible study on Sundays, and I we've read the whole New Testament, and I'm on now Revelations in Revelations 3. And I did tell, you know, my listeners that I was, hesitating but just before we i started reading i said because this is when you're going to hear about the end times but then now we're in revelation three so i've just jumped in and i'm doing it but it's uh it felt very ironic that i would be at this point in the bible at this time in our lives when all this stuff is going on it's very uh meaningful and it's uh the synchronicities are uh or you can't ignore it. It's it's the real deal. No, you can't. I you know, agree. you can't ignore how it all matches up. And then the word even talking about it is kind of, I have totally different notes to talk to you about. <laughs> we haven't even talked about one thing on my notes. But okay. uh, this, is, okay. this is more important because 
this affects, you know, every single human alive on this planet. You know, what is coming next for all of us? You know, and I often think and pray for everyone. But once in a while, I hear from somebody so far away, and I mean Africa or Iraq, or I'll hear from somebody uh, in Finland, and they're saying, thank you, thank you for saying, you know, we're here acknowledging that we're listening, that, that you care, that you're praying or that you're thinking about us, you know, and I am thinking about everybody in the world, you know, if they can hook up and listen, you know, to, to something that we're talking about, one of our shows or, you know, praying on the, on the Bible study thing, but it's important that people realize that you're not alone. There is a God that loves you and that you're going to be okay with, with his help. You know, so we're not like left like orphans here. You know, there's something we can do about all this mysterious stuff. Absolutely. So what do you think about this fog? We're almost almost at the top of the hour and I've got to go. Yes, we are. So um, I want to just thank you so much for, you know, just being so informative and uh, letting us know about all this stuff. It's... uh, it's been quite an eye opener tonight. Shoot me an email and it will correspond. Um, yeah, we will. You know, maybe tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, and I'll just thank you so much, and you have a beautiful evening tonight. And I appreciate you. you being on and and having the courage to have this type of conversation. I appreciate you. God bless you. Take care. God bless you too. Take care. Bye bye. So that was L.A. Marzuli. Uh, it's been a, a quite of a shocker of a night that we talked about something totally different, and uh, it is important, you know. And I have a uh, a friend, Ray, Ray Cordell, that has a a little thing that he uh, a, a jingle that uh, he made for us for today, and I wanted to put it on because he has he just come out with a new album, and I want you to hear part of it. And what I'll do is I'll play I'll play Ray Cordell's jingle. And then I'm going to play uh, his song for you. So here we go. Ray Cordell. Hi, this is Ray Cordell, and I'd like to invite you to check out my new album, The Long Road, which is out on Friday, the 20th of November, 2020. Now, it's a compilation album, a best of, if you like, and it features 18 original tracks written by myself over the years. So if you'd like a copy, it's out everywhere from that date on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube Music, Spotify, everywhere. Or there's also a limited number of CDs available. If you'd like a CD, a signed CD maybe, you can message me via Ray Cordell Music on Facebook or via this page. So get in contact and I hope you enjoy it. In the meantime, keep on rocking. Cheers. I just love Ray Cordell. So here's his song, One Life, Ray Cordell. I'm allergic, but I just can't let you go. 
Thank you, thank you, Ray Cordell. The Long Road is coming out today, which will be today the Best of Collector feature, Collection featuring 18 of Ray's original songs and works. So it's out today. You can uh, listen to it on YouTube, uh, Ray Cordell, and you can find him on, also on Facebook. That's, that's uh, another good way to do it. And get his album. He has CDs, and you can download it and also order his CDs. And uh, we'll be very happy to connect him with you. If you want to reach me, Charlene Simpson McCain, you know, you can always drop me a line, you know. And uh, I'll, I'll turn you on to where you can find uh, Ray Cordell or just Google him. You can find him that way, too. So I appreciate him letting us play his song. I was really uh, um, very impressed. It was excellent. And I want to thank uh, Ellie Marzulli again. And that'll this will be it for tonight. So I'm going to play another, uh, wrap this up with another song by Ray Cordell, and it's called Trapped. And I uh, love his music. Please get his CD, The Long Road, Ray Cordell. And here we go with Ray Cordell's Trapped.
Thank you so much, Ray Cordell. So, shout out to Ray Cordell for his fabulous new CD, The Long Road. And I'd like to thank everybody that listened tonight. I appreciate you very much. And I want you to turn you on to L.A. Marzulli at word.wordpress.com. And also he has his own radio show, Spiral of Life Radio, if you want to listen to more from L.A. Marzulli. And he also has uh, so many books out. And uh, the Nisuan Hybrids uh, discuss chimeras uh, and strange other creatures. And the Nisuan, the truth is there in uh, volumes one, two, and three. And next week, we're having Dr. Mary Helen Hensler. She's an author and a metaphysical healer. So she's going to be our, our illustrious guest next week. So I want to thank you so much for listening. You guys, you're the best audience ever. I uh, love you very much. You are all in my prayers and my best thoughts for all of us during these corona times. And uh, just keep your head up. Keep your chin up face forward and don't give up no matter what stay as healthy as you can and uh, my best wishes and good wishes for you all and I want to thank you for being there and uh, I'll see you next week next Friday with Dr. Mary Helen Hensley and uh, you can be sure appreciate her she's author and healer and uh, we need some healing and I want to thank again to our guest L.A. Marzulli lecturer filmmaker and I told you where to get a hold of him at. And, of course, our dear friend Ray Cordell. And uh, he has shown us some gorgeous pictures from Scotland and all kinds of stuff. So if you want to reach him on Facebook uh, and he wants to, uh, you can friend him there so you can see all the, the travels. He does a lot of uh, traveling around the Scottish islands, and it's so, it's so beautiful. So we really appreciate everything. So anyway, love you guys. Have a good week. I'll see you next week. And uh, try to show up for Bible study on Sunday. It's uh, on Sunday, various times, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the night. But I'll let you know when. God bless you. See you later, Gators. Bye-bye.